Hey guys, welcome back to Legends on Record. We've got a good one for you today. We're very excited about this one. That's right, Sam. On this episode, we interview Irwin and Marlene once again, this time to hear about what it was like raising six kids through the 50s, 60s, and 70s. If you like our podcast, make sure to click the subscribe button. Also, if you're interested in interviewing a legend on record, let us know. We'd love to collaborate with you. Enjoy the show. Hey, Grandma and Papa. Thanks again for joining us here on the show. We want to discuss the, your guys' lessons learned as being parents and also grandparents. So let's start off. If you could both tell us a little bit about when you guys first heard out that you guys were going to be parents. <laughs> you remember? Well, we, we were living with the tra- trailer at that time. Well, we actually, we're, we're not. We weren't there. Uh, we're, oh, yeah, we're in the Navy. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, in that little trailer. Oh, yeah. And uh, we had no idea where we were going to put a baby because there wasn't much room in there. But we just said, oh, well. <laughs> we're pure optimists. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we're expecting uh, her June, and we finally got our apartment in May of uh, uh, on the uh, base. Naval base. Naval base. And it was a nice apartment. And, and the baby had a room of her own. See, the trailer we were in had no bathroom. We had to go to a central bathroom. It was only 16 feet with one little bed and a little kitchen, kitchen table, couple closets. And we're expecting a baby. We we're really optimists. <laughs> and luckily, I did sign up for an apartment on the base and we got it. It was a two bedroom, nice living room, nice kitchen. And uh, in the backyard, yeah, and grandpa had uh, a vegetable garden growing back there, some tomatoes and, uh, and something else. I don't know about as big as the, this living room, yeah, yeah. So we were growing our own vegetables, <laughs> but it was exciting, and we were optimists. You know, it was right on the naval base, Great Lakes Naval Base. And yeah. Grandma uh, Kathy was going to be born right in the hospital, and um, the hospital was only about six minutes away from our apartment. But when they when I went to the hospital, they didn't let Grandpa stay there. He they had to he had to drop me off. It was their rule anyway on the Navy base, but he did come after the baby was born. So we had a big base, it was a big, big, huge base, and we had our apartment on there. I worked on the base in an office, and the hospital was on the base. So everything was right there for us. And I was 21 years old then, and Grandpa was 23. Yeah. No, I wasn't quite 23. I was going to be two two months from 23. Yeah. And then were you working at the time, Grandma? Oh, yeah. Before, uh, when we were living on the 
trailer, I had a job at, at Abbott Drug Pharmaceutical Company, and I had an office job and uh, uh, accounts receivable. And I did a, 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 like an adding machine, a nine-figure adding machine. And uh, uh, I, I liked the job pretty well. And the base, when, when we were on the base, it was too difficult and with me being pregnant. I didn't have a car then. We took buses most of the time. But when on the base, I did buy a guy's car there. Yeah. I bought a convertible. Red. Yeah. He couldn't start it. And I kind of bought it blind. But he was a chief petty officer. And he, he was pretty honest guy. And I got it started. And I bought it from him. So we drove. I had a car drive around on the base. See, when I was in the Navy... I had boot camp right there across the road at the boot camp on Great Lakes on the uh, across the expressway. And uh, when I was getting out of boot camp, when I was getting assigned, I found out I was assigned to a battleship. But I had an infection in my arm and I had to go to the infirmary. And they couldn't send me the battleship, so they kept me on the base. And I... Checked around and kept pushing and trying to get an assignment on the base, and I did. We weren't married then. And because I got an assignment on the base, we decided to get married instead of me driving home to Detroit every weekend. And then uh, we had the baby and we had the apartment. We were there about a year, a little more than a year. Yeah, because we got married in September, and I didn't move out till the following December. What advice would you give to someone who was just becoming a, a parent for the first time? Well, just be happy. And, and uh, if, it, if you have a, a problem here or there, well, it will, it, will, it will all work out. See, we, we both talk like we wanted children, so we... Grandma got pregnant. We were both happy. And Grandma always wanted children. She loves little babies. And that was her dream, to have that uh -huh. little baby and be on the base with an apartment. And, um, when the, Her mother and Pete, when Pete was only what, five, not even five years old, probably. Oh, probably about four then. About four. They came there and spent time with us and helped grandma with the, that was her grandchild, but she had other grandchildren. And um, it worked out really good because we each had bedrooms and nice living room. And uh, we were happy. We weren't making any money, but that didn't matter. <laughs> we we're optimists. So as the family started to grow, what was what was that like? Well, when I got transferred to the East Coast aboard a big tanker, and I had to take Grandma and Kathy 
to grandma's mother's and dad's house. They stayed there while I went to a naval ship and in Newport, Rhode Island. And uh, I was good at accounting. I took over the payroll on that ship and I got along with everybody. The, my superiors were happy, the chief petty officer and the officer both happy with everything because they didn't have to worry about it. They didn't have anybody there before me that was taking charge. So they treated us good. They treated me good, so I decided to bring Grandma there. So we went home and got a car and drove Grandma to Newport, Rhode Island, got an apartment ahead of time. And so I came home almost every night. And the ship got... You know, every once in a while, a ship has to go to dry dock. They put it up on stilts, like, so they can clean the bottom of it, make sure the maintenance is good. So we were, met another couple and, uh, in Newport, and we liked them a lot, and they liked us, and they liked Kathy a lot. They didn't have any children. Those names were Art and Sue. We still keep in touch with Sue. Art has died about three, four years ago. Yeah, they're both really good people. And, but uh, she took care of uh, Kathy when I went to the hospital to, when uh, I, I was pregnant for Joe. And she took care of Kathy while I went to have Joe. Because we ended up living, when we, the ship got transferred, the five of us drove up in my car from Newport up to Boston area, you're looking for an apartment or apartments. But the only thing we could find is uh, one apartment for both of the couples. And the old, an old grandma and grandpa like us had the home and they rented out the upstairs. And the upstairs had two bedrooms and two baths. So we each had our own bedroom and bath. Had one big kitchen and one big living room and one big porch that was closed off so mild winters we could entertain there, which we, we did. So we had it pretty good. Him and I went aboard ship every day and did our duties and then we'd come back. We didn't have a small boat to come from the, the big ship being out in the water because it our ship was under dry dock at land. So we just were like everyday people. Would do. He was in the, the boiler room, and I was in the accounting. And him and I met. We met in Newport. And we were coming back and forth on small boats and got talking. And we introduced each other to the other's wife, and we liked each other. So we lived together, the five of us. We, we were good couples together. And then Grandma got pregnant. I don't know how, but <laughs> we, um, she was, Joe was born in this Chelsea Naval Hospital. So both of them were born, your aunt and uncle were born in Naval Hospitals. So that's, that's our second child. And I was due to get out of the Navy in another year. How were you guys able to kind of instill your guys' values to your kids? Well, when I looked up on Grandma, I never let the kids see it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, 
I think we had it. That's why we were in love with each other. We both had the a pretty good. We didn't have much money, but we had a good idea what we wanted from life. And we tried to be honest. And um, we had what we wanted. We wanted a family. And we got one started. We trusted each other. We loved each other. And uh, raising kids is just something either you want to do or you don't. We wanted to. I felt sorry for Grandma a lot because she was alone a lot. Because I'd go off to work and she didn't know anybody. She had no friends in Newport except, well, Sue moved back, didn't she? Yeah, Sue had a, had a different apartment there. Because she went home to Indiana in between. And when she came back, she got a different apartment. And we used to see them a lot, and they were nice, and they liked the kids. So that helped to have those kinds of friends. And him and I would go aboard ship and do our work in the day and then come home at night. Then what happened? Where did you guys, uh, where did you guys go next? Well, we got out in 55. Out of the Navy. Out of the Navy in April 55. I was in there exactly almost to the day, four years. And we came back to Michigan, and uh, Grandma's sister lived in a duplex in East Detroit. And there was one that was for rent right up two doors away, and she told us about it. So we went there and rented it, a little duplex. And... um, then Grandma had two miscarriages after that, before she had the third child. And then Peggy was, that was 55. Joe was a little over a year old, because he was born in 54. And Kathy was born in 52. So then after the two miscarriages, Grandma finally had Peggy in 1958. And we were in a little, little tiny duplex with two bedrooms down in kind of an open area. There was a bedroom upstairs, a big one, and I refinished that because pretty soon, after 58, pretty soon Trish came along at 61, so they had four, four of us in this little house, and then got in 62. Well, the next story is to call him Mr. Trying to goo because he used to goo all the time. Goo goo. That was your dad. (laughs) Didn't cry very much. He was about the easiest kid to raise. He um, didn't require much attention. And we had five children in a little duplex, and we moved to we moved to a big house with an upstairs and two bedrooms up and two bedrooms down with a bath up and a bath down and um, big living room. Yeah, big room, the fireplace, big, nice big dining room, not big, but a nice dining room. We got a dog, it was a cotton dog and his name was Flabby. Yeah, he was a nice dog. 
So we moved in 50, we moved in 63, and then Jim was born in 64 in the new house. That was a sixth child, and that was the caboose. We were happy with six children. It's funny, they had, we had three girls and one boy. Of course, I wanted another boy, and uh, then your brother, your, your dad came along, John, and... Uh, my brother sent me a telegram and he said, perseverance pays. <laughs> so we got the boy and then we got another boy. So we evened it up at three and three. And that house we lived in for 23 years. In fact, Jim was born there. John was almost born there. We moved right after he was born, four months or five months after he was born. And they grew up in that house. When they graduated and moved out of that house, that's when I, that's when we moved. So their growing up years was on Valley with a big yard. We did have a swimming pool, you know, not a built-in. And we had a big swing set. We had a basketball playing. We had a big, big, big sandbox. We had a lot of trees. In the winter time. Uh, Grandpa and Joe, uh, because Joe was uh, probably about 13 or 14 then, and uh, they made an ice skating pond in the backyard, and it was very nice. The kids loved to ice skate. We got really nice motion pictures of that. I think your folks do too, if you're ever interested. It showed the, the dog running around. We had a nice... A nice family. We had, uh, they all always wanted them to have a nice place to play and run, and they did. We had a sandbox that was 12 by 12. Uh, when we moved into there, the guy had real railroad ties, not the little ones. They were real big railroad ties. And I built a 12 by 12 for those, built a huge sandbox. And we had a lot of trees for them to climb. They had a, a tree house, too. Yeah. I didn't finish that very good. Your dad kidded me about that. But they had it. They go up there. And um, they, they played. They had the whole gang over there all the time. Even your dad, which he, he didn't talk much. But he had more friends than you could shake a stick at. For some reason, they liked your dad. And they all came over and played wiffle ball, um, basketball. We used to have family picnics there and play a lot of wiffle ball. We had a lot of fun. In the house, you could run all around the house because I had fenced in the yard. We had uh, like three yard, three lots, and the house was built on like one and a half. We had the one and the other one and a half. It was just open field. And we fenced the whole place. And they just ran around the house. They had a good time. And I was happy. Mom was happy. Grandma was happy. <laughs> we had a recreation room. We put a little. I like ping pong. Kids never quite got into it, but I used to play ping pong. We had a little pool table down there. They had parties. It was a nice recreation room. Then I built another room with Joe's help 
downstairs. So we actually had five bedrooms. I don't know if I'm finished. We had a nice back porch that had this screen, and I put in, I had uh, all windows put in. And the kids liked going out there too. Inclement weather, there was just a nice, it was almost outside, but not quite. It wasn't good in the wintertime, but it was really good in the spring and summer and fall. Nice fireplace. Uh, we had nice Christmases there. I know when we had all six kids, we had Christmas presents. <laughs> we had a lot of presents. <laughs> They always kidded me. Dad especially always said, well, my, my pile's the smallest. But you couldn't tell the piles <laughs> because some gifts were more expensive than others. But um, then on Christmas Day, Grandma would, or the next day, not Christmas Day, the day after Christmas, Grandma would take the kids and go exchanging. We would keep the kids. Oh, you wouldn't know. I'd stay home with the yeah. kids and I'd clean yeah. up and take care of yeah. That's right. <laughs> I couldn't get her to take the kids. <laughs> no, that's right. She'd go out and exchange, and I'd stay home and straighten up, and the kids would play with their gifts. Because um, I was a cleaner-upper from all the wrappings and all the boxes and all that. We made a Christmas tree that was always kind of a laugh because back then you'd take this silver tinsel and the idea was to hang it on the tree just right so it looked like icicles melted more. And the kids used to like to throw it on there. I'd get after them and I'd put their hand, I'd give them their hand and I'd put all this tinsel and they were supposed to put it up one, one at a time. <laughs> So it didn't always happen, but they were pretty good about it. And they would get gifts to each other and gifts to us. The place was loaded with gifts, I'll tell you that. But it was nice to get a fire going in the fireplace and really homey. Grandma used to always think that boys were going to be the hardest to raise, but we both found out that girls are hardest to raise. Because there's always boys after your girls, you know, other boys. <laughs> and um, you always worried about them when they're going on dates. And, but as it turned out, we were lucky with our girls. In fact, we're lucky with all our children. They all have good mates. You know, that's a worry, a real big worry, raising them. And fortunately, they all went to college. We didn't have much for that. We had a side street there, and sometimes I'd have five cars sitting out there. So I didn't have much money. I couldn't help them with the school too much, but they worked. And we always fed them good and gave them a good place to sleep and had them transportation. Um, John got a good job through your other grandma, Grandma Patty. It was a meatpacking place, and she got John a job, and he made really good money, and he bought his own car. And um, he drove quite a bit to go see her mom at school because she'd make these trips over the weekend. 
but they all got educations. And then we were grateful for that because they were all in, on their own. They didn't need our help financially, except sometimes they'd come and ask a little money because they were short. And uh, I'd, I'd always do what I could then, but, you know, keeping all the cars and keeping all the food, <clears throat> I was stretched. I, I'd wished I'd had more money, <clears throat> but we got by. And I remodeled the kitchen after we moved there for a while. Grandma wasn't real happy with the kitchen when we moved there. <clears throat> but we remodeled it really good. And we made the dining area a little bigger and closed in the porch. And we had a three-car garage that had no doors on it, but I had three doors put on. And uh, ended up to be a pretty, pretty nice place to live. And I think they were happy there. Um, they must have good memories. But John uh, was the only one left. They they they, they all have uh, uh, moved uh, to their own apartment or wherever. And uh, John was the last one. He was still with us on the day that we moved, and he walked out of the house with us. It's kind of sad because we were there for so many years. Right. And he went to a condo with us, and we had two bedrooms, and he had one bedroom, but he just put a mattress on the floor. He didn't even want a bed. He was determined he was going to go out of there pretty soon. Didn't take him long, did it? No, but two months. Yeah, and then he was gone, too. So then we were empty nesters, but we were in a condo then. We were 23 years in that home that we raised the kids and we raised them all there pretty much how do you so how do you guys deal with like disciplining the kids or any sort of you know tough decisions between you two and then some of the kids as well well i probably was a little tougher not when joe was born and then you were grandma was a little tougher on the first two and after that when we got the bunch of them i mellowed out a little bit and and uh, I mean, Grandma mellowed out, and I was a little more of a disciplinarian. There was one story with your dad that I never was proud of, but we laughed about it today. He never would eat what pork chops. Yeah. He never would eat a pork chop. And once Christmas time, we were ready to go and get a Christmas tree. And uh, I probably got too overbearing. We never hit him. Just that I said, you got to eat that pork chop, John. You got to try. He was more stubborn than I was because he wouldn't even eat that. I said, if you don't eat that pork chop or just try, you're not going Christmas tree hunting with us. Darn it, he didn't eat that. He wouldn't eat it. He didn't go Christmas tree hunting. I always kind of felt bad about that. But... And I do too, to this day. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got to let go sometime, brother. Um, anyway, it was always fun going to get Christmas trees. It was always fun going down. We went down to the parade quite a few times. One, one or two times we took a ladder because we had so much and they couldn't, the kids couldn't see over it. And they would go up both sides of the ladder and they could watch the parade. Um, 
Yeah, we did quite a bit together. But, um, yeah, we never hit them. We just, I remember that we... The travel was good at lecturing. (laughs) The kids would roll their eyes. (laughs) Oh, no. We, We had a nice table for eating. We had, it was a harvest table. It had the sides flipped up. Yep. We had three on one side with a bench. We had a nice bench, and three would sit there. Three would sit on the other side with chairs, and Graham and I would be on each end. And sometimes I felt that was a good time to get some points across, because they were all there together. Girls used to get giggling. Boy, it was hard to lecture them when they would be giggling. They just couldn't stop giggling. And I tried to get mad, but it didn't do much good. But like Grandma said, sometimes they'd roll their eyes. But I figured that was a good time to get the point across about something. And uh, we had uh, our family dinner every night. We'd sit around that table, and all, all of us would uh, have dinner. We were kind of proud of that to try to get us all together at one time during the day anyway. Because in the morning, you ate breakfast as you had to get your assignment. Lunches, you were everywhere. But dinner, we always tried to eat together. And that was a big job for Grandma. She made sure she had a good dinner every night. Your dad was the hardest one to please when it came to dinner time. The rest of the kids would pretty much eat like cooked, but John didn't like uh, a lot of things. So I I learned to, uh, uh, if we were having chicken one day, I always made an extra piece and put it away for John to have the following day if we were having something that he didn't like, like stew. He didn't like stew. And he, he so he would have the piece of chicken and a lot of other things too. Yeah, and what a big salad bowl and they go around and yeah. take their salad from the big bowl. Yeah. She did a lot of work making sure they all got fed. Their lunches, I don't know how much you pack for lunches. Some of the kids came home from school for lunch because they were close enough. But she would have them there. It was hard getting them all started in kindergarten, too, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, they were they were homebodies. You know, it was hard to get them to go to school during the day when they just first started in kindergarten. Probably Trish and Jim were the hardest for there, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Jim was either crying at... Every time and the teacher would be down on her knees to to greet him, you know, to help him not cry. But he would cry anyway for, for about two months after school started. Every day he would cry. But I just let him cry. And he had to at the Grandma's big job was when it was winter time and there's snow out and they want to go out in the yard and play and 
she'd get them all dressed up. And like Jim would say, I got to go potty. Because she'd have to undress him with all that stuff, get him potty, and then get him dressed up again. wasn't too bad when they were just playing, but when they were going to school, the, the other children would have to wait for I, I could put put a potty. Well, I, I often tell the story about you when I when I was t- taking you for a walk, which I did quite a bit. And uh, uh, I said, Alex, do you want to go potty? you want to go tickle? And he said, what? I said, you know, you want to go potty. He said, oh, that must be a Spanish word. <laughs> you remember that, Al? <laughs> I, 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 do, I do recall that story. <laughs> we told it a lot. Oh, yeah, everybody laughs about that. Was funny. Oh, that must be a Spanish word. <laughs> <laughs> well, that uh, that leads us into our last question that we wanted to ask you guys, and um, that's about grandparenting. What what advice would you give to somebody who might be uh, about to become a grandparent for the first time? Well. You want to answer that? I would need to think about it. See, the thing is, Al, if you want to be a grandparent, it's really easy. If you don't want to take the time to be a grandparent, it's not easy. We wanted to be grandparents. We're so happy, and we're willing to take, and uh, we're just tickled pink. And every time grandkids come along, I mean, you know, we'd have you over the house. We want to do things with you. It's easy to be a grandparent if you want to be one. Otherwise, it's hard to say. You get all kinds of people that um, the parents need help and their parents don't want to help them, don't have the time to help them. Um, Grandma works quite a bit, but she's always available for grandchildren, doesn't matter what. Grandchildren were priority. So that makes it kind of easy. Um, the hardest thing was sometimes when you see your children and you kind of wish they'd be do, do different when raising their kids, but you couldn't say anything. But um, that didn't happen very often. But with a big family, it does happen once in a while. And... Uh, it, as I said, it's easy being a grandparent if you want to be a grandparent. And if she, Grandma had him over and I came home, it was great. You get surprises. You get plenty of plenty of good surprises. And the hugs, boy, are worth it. And you get a lot of hugs. We always got a lot of hugs from you guys. And we got many hugs from the guys as we did from the girls. They were happy to come by us. I would say you guys are, are definitely great grandparents, and uh, you've definitely been great grandparents to us over the years. So thank you guys for all that you've taught us and just uh, the great care and lessons over the years that you've taught us. Well, thank you, Al. 
Yeah, we're saying that. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you. Well, that's uh, that's about all the the questions that we had for you guys. Um, thank you, thank you very much for being on our podcast today, and it was really uh, a pleasure speaking with you guys and hearing all your stories and. You guys to us are are absolutely grandparenting legends. So thank you very much for for your time. We had a lot of fun. We definitely enjoyed doing this because it brought back a lot of good memories for us too. Yeah, uh, reminiscing. Yeah, it was lots of fun. Yeah. So thanks for for selecting us. And um, thank you. Well, guys, that concludes the second episode of Legends on Record. It's always a pleasure to listen to Erwin and Marlene tell their story. Special thanks once again to Erwin and Marlene for taking the time to speak with us and for being incredible grandparents. Until next time, stay legendary, my friends.